What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, just a friendly reminder that we are just one week away from the full-blown conversion of Popcorn Culture, the video segment, over to the Popcorn Culture YouTube channel from the existing Super Carlin Brothers channel. That's right. If you want to make sure you continue to catch the video version of the pop, head over to youtube.com slash a popcast. That is the official Popcorn Culture YouTube page. Just uh, hit the subscribe button. Ding the bell. That way you'll 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 continue to get it in your feed. Ben and I will st- still continue to chat in the premieres with you every week. It'll just be on a different channel. And if you're listening to this on the audio, then, then nothing changes at all. You're good. You're good. You're good. Otherwise, guys, thank you for subscribing. Poppin' everybody, hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. I'm here, Ben. I'm here and it's a miracle I'm here, Ben, because I gotta tell you, it feels like everyone in my house has just continued to be sick for the whole, just the whole week. Everybody else caught sponges? Just Well, well, Beth so far, let's knock on wood, no, Ooh, sponges. no sponges. And I would say, um, I, I, I didn't quite catch sponges myself okay but dare i say it it seems that the sponges continue to get weaker and weaker uh by the person they get passed on to so like nick and nate had sponges plus fever luke just sponges daddy just super tired everything hurts so, oh yeah. yeah i know that one yeah I know that one yeah goodness me okay well i'm 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 glad that you're at least better you seem better i hope so we are we are uh currently preparing for our trip to uh our good buddy michael's oh uh i Mike, know i never call him michael <laughs> our good our good buddy mike's wedding week uh starting this upcoming friday which yeah. i'm so excited about same um however all of this uh all of this all this ailment that has been circling you guys i'm I, there's a small part of me not that i ever wanted you to be sick that is that is glad that it's happening before 
we venture off into those waters. It, se- it seems like whenever someone gets married, just like the the sickness is like circling around. Like with you guys, like we made it through the wedding, everything good. Day later, brr, dead. I know, and it was oh, it was so sad. I know, it was so sad. We we had signed up for the uh, we were in Disney, and we had signed up for like the lightsaber build. Yes, day we were gonna build lightsabers. It was gonna be so great, and our whole family was doing it together. We all had the same appointment. It was gonna be perfect. Mm. And literally, I I like I remember waking up. I think it was like let's say it was at 10 a.m. that morning. I remember waking up and it was like four in the morning and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to rally by 10. And then it was like six and I'm like, I'm co- I'm coming around. I will be better yeah. by 10. And then it was like, I think it was like 937 and I was like, somehow I'm still going to make it. Yeah. You know, I'm still in my room. In my I'm going to rally. But yeah, but I will get there in 23 minutes. It is, it is crazy to me sometimes how, how powerful the rationalization in your brain is can be sometimes like yeah i know i remember that exact feeling it was like yeah the appointment was at 10 or something and it was like i'm not feeling so good at seven why don't you guys go on to the park i'll s- i i think maybe i just need another hour to rally oh, it's yeah. like oh yeah never mind you were out for another seven days <laughs> right yeah right. you thought you were one hour away from recovery yeah false yeah you were seven it, days it is amazing to me how badly wanting to do something can trick your mind into being like I'm, it's not that bad you know it's not that bad it's it's hilarious though because i also felt like as a kid it was the exact opposite where it was kind of like if if you were sick then there was sort of like that ability like not ability but like sometimes you get to stay home from school yeah and that was sometimes nice yeah um and so i feel like as a kid you're you're exactly right it's like versus like when you want to do something it's like as a kid it's like hmm this light cough that i have it's pretty bad it's pretty yeah oh yeah you can like make things way worse like oh boy i don't know if i could i got got, uh, the black lung paw i can't make it to school right 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 yeah but then you know like uh compare that with the the upcoming friday evening where everybody's going to chuck e cheese yeah where where, for free free token night yeah um you could be you could have thrown up like 30 minutes beforehand you're like i'm good good. i am fine i don't know mom you're you're being a little overly cautious ridiculous oh my god i I experienced this just this week because i said like i was like had this sort of just achy all overness on saturday and i woke up and i was like i'm not maybe i should just have some like light toast for breakfast i'll uh i'll just sort of see how i'm doing here and i could sort of feel i don't i beth kept trying to like get me to say how i was feeling like what's wrong i kept just like i felt so weird it's like i don't know if i have the words it's just sort of like a i need to put my head on the table and my face feels like frowning. Does that help you? You don't understand what's feeling bad? <laughs> the ailment the of ailment, frowning. The ailment of, I don't feel good. Okay. <laughs> like, yes, I understand. Could you describe it? No. Mm, I don't think so. I don't want to eat more, but does you feel nauseous? No. <laughs> you sound unsure. Yes. <laughs> So you're nauseous. So so anyway, well, again though, I had something uh, uh, forever. I've been like staring at this particular date on the calendar this past Saturday of like the, the 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 lone free. This is like our one free weekend in like a sea of busy busy weekends this summer. Oh yeah, and it had so timed out that I was like, this is when I'm going to go and try and play the Pokemon trading card game at our local card shop. And I was like, I've been staring at this one weekend. I'm like, I'm going to go. This is it. And it has been. And as you all know, 
I already actually managed to try and go last weekend with miserable failure where not enough people showed up for people to play. And now here I am and I'm like, it's probably going to be the same. Probably enough people aren't going to show up and I don't even feel good. Or maybe I don't feel good. I can't even describe what's wrong. So I'm probably okay. I can go. I'm going to, I can rally. It's fine. I'm going. I'm going. Did you go? I did go. And once again, not enough people showed up. Oh. Super. I cannot tell you how frustrating it is. And it was so weird because the moment then I got home, it was like all the hope, all the resilience my brain had built up against like not. It's like, you don't feel bad. You're good. You can do this. The moment like there was like, oh, the thing you want, not actually possible. My body was just like, forget it. You feel bad. Blah. Oh, yeah. It yeah, was yeah. like uh-huh. the crash was immediate. Time to tank. Time to tank. I was like, and then, then of course, yeah. So that I, I cannot tell you how frustrating it is, though, Ben, because I feel like we've been getting so into the Pokemon trading card game lately. We've bought in so many cards and I'm like so excited to go play in person with people. And like, I can't. I can't. It, it does seem like it is almost like comically eluding you. It's it like, is. It's like because the other thing, too, about it is that this is almost one of those hobbies that I think that you sort of like maybe had like a little sequester to yourself. Like there weren't as much going on. But like I've gotten into it. Our good buddy Steven has gotten into it. Yeah. Like you've got a couple of your other friends. Like I, like there's like a small group of us that are yeah. like all into it. And it still feels like. It's just not it's just not coming up spades for you. It feels like, yeah, the enthusiasm is very directly centered. Like there, there is enthusiasm around me. But like at the public level, it's just like, where are the people? Where are the people? Like this is not an unpopular game. Maybe understand. Maybe you should work with the local card shop to set up some kind of come face off with the champion. Oh, just like self-declare myself. Yeah, the champion. You're like, yeah, here you go. Just play again. See if anyone can beat me. Throw down, yo. And it's just all a ploy so I can play card games with people. Exactly. 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 Yeah, I mean, like, I almost feel like there'd have to be a situation where what happens is there's a tournament and the winner of the tournament plays you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That way you don't have to, like, go and, and you know, demonstrate your chops. Everybody can just assume that you're the champion. And then exactly. whoever wins the tournament, if they beat you, it's like, well, that guy was good. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's how they won. Yeah. This is actually that's actually the very prize in the first season of Yu-Gi-Oh! Like the champion gets the then dual Pegasus, the creator of the card game. Just such a it's such a contrived tournament. Pegasus's whole reason for running the tournament is so he can duel Yugi, who he's confident will just win his way to the top anyway, because only by playing against him in a game can they barter their millennium object so he can try and bring back his dead wife. Which is just like, why'd you have to stay into the tournament? You already kidnapped his grandfather. There's already stakes on the line. He'll duel you no matter what, dude. Anyway. All I'm hearing is that I should be allowed to write the script for a trading card animated show. Ben, Ben, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. It sounds amazing to me. I'd, I'd help you write it. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Because yeah. I didn't understand anything else you said. So I'm I probably sure. need someone who understands the technical side. <clears throat> but what I have is I'm kind of the big picture guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know you're small picture. Right. And I'm big picture. Exactly. And that way we know what we're going towards. Exactly. You can make it make I'll sense. Make, I'll make I'll make the I'll make the duels themselves make sense. The matches. I'll, what happens in the I got that. It'll be interesting. They'll be like, no way. Everyone got all their biggest moves off and the heroes still won. But we got to see what the bad guy was capable of. Exactly. Exactly. It's going to be it good doesn't stuff. doesn't really matter because you sort of know where it's going. Would we invent our own trading card game or would we try to convince an existing trading card game to let us take over theirs? Because, I mean, okay, I, I'm on a tangent It's in the same exact conversation. But yeah. are Pokemon living creatures? Oh, my gosh. This this very question cr- floats across the front of my mind all 
all the time. Like, like certainly. Let, let me offer something. Okay. Uh, okay. Let me, just let me say something. <laughs> like, yeah. so when you're when you're for one, it seems cruel slightly. You know, I'm not even slightly like to have these animals fighting each right. other. But like when you're watching the TV show that is Yu-Gi-Oh, it's like it's very, very, very obviously uh, like like um, projectors or yeah, what, holograms. What, holograms yeah. is the word I was looking for. You know, so you you're in front of this big arena, and then before you are all of the, like the the creatures so like you know as they're like doing their their yeah. their battle and stuff you like you understand that it's like more of like a like a visual display of the the cards oh, being yeah. played but then yeah like the pokemon they seem like they exist in the wild until you capture them and they turn into red light and live inside of a small ball yeah that you can then carry around with you and mm-hmm. do you need to feed them while they're inside of the ball are mm-hmm. they alive while they're inside of the ball what is this world it's, where these like see, uh, i don't know it's it is so weird. It seems like even across the different mediums in which you consume Pokemon, it can be different. Okay. Like in the show, you're right. They just turn into the red light. They go into the Pokeball. That's it. And then like um, they do get them out and they do feed them, which is uh, fine. They can be retracted via the red light or whatever. But then in the actual games themselves, you can just store your Pokemon in a computer, which is kind of weird. Yeah. And then in like the, the but you but you found them in grass. But you found them in grass, and then they can be stored in digital and forms which so to me here's here's how i interpret it okay is that no matter what you're watching like if then even if you read like the manga like you, there's sometimes a hold of the pokeball and inside you can just see like a really tiny version of the pokemon inside the pokeball just like shrunk down or something okay which is sort of weird too so lots of different interpretations of it It doesn't seem like they have a clear answer but here's how i interpret it okay. is that the games themselves are the highest form of canon okay like the harry potter books like th- things can happen in the movies and that maybe they count maybe they don't but if it happened in the book it's legit it, okay it right? counts okay the I'm, games I'm with that. the games are the highest form of canon and because in the games you store them in a pc to me there is a certain like digitalness to them at all times even though even though like Sir, like there's like a it's like a bio it's almost like an artificial intelligence of sorts we'll see uh, that's what i was going to say like is there any chance that the poke the pokeverse is like is like the matrix like it is a simulation uh that would honestly make me even feel better then then you could have them exist basically as living creatures but not yeah yeah because yeah. you do have then like pokemon like arceus which is sort of like the like god of pokemon okay it's like the creator of all things and then you have like palkia and dialga which are like the pokemon of like space and time and like they created space and time and it's like okay and then you have so it seems like they have really big concept pokemon sure you know that are like the entities of entire forces of nature Mm -hmm. or something it's like that feels like it has to be real in some way because they like literally shaped the planet but then also they can be stored digitally which cannot be ignored right and <laughs> you know? I, yes yes exactly and so i mean again it makes me think that what makes the most sense is that is that you are able to enter into this world the whole world is digital the whole world is digital yeah. so even the trainers are digital but part of the, their perception of of participating in this world is is thinking that they're like a layer above the Pokemon themselves. But like when it really came down to it, it's, it's really just programming that prevents the trainers themselves from being able to be captured in a Pokeball. They're not fundamentally any different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I see exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this, is, this might be, uh, I'll have to do some more research to see yeah. how well it holds up. Yeah. But th- this could be my headcanon for it. Okay. 
Yeah. It's like the the Pokemon world is basically like the Matrix and the play the the human characters are just like avatars who have been plugged into the Matrix and are now living in that world. They're now living in that world. Yeah. Which, and, and everything in that world acts as if it is a completely real living creature because it's an artificial world. Yes. Yeah. And in many ways, that's exactly what's happening anyway, because instead of just having a giant needle plugged in the back of your head, you're just turning on your Nintendo Switch. True. Yeah. True. So it's kind of funny, though, because the games themselves, like you as a person living out here in the real world is escaping into this digital game. Right. That is fun. But the characters in the game don't even know that they're characters inside of the Matrix because they are then capturing even further than them, the Pokemon themselves, yeah. who they believe to have like a, a greater layer of existence over. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> Very mind bending. Very. Stuff. You know what's really whenever vr gets like extreme like on the ready player one level of things yeah you know what i mean like whenever the pokemon version of that like whenever pokemon creates their vr game yep that's gonna be the thing what then, you then you can literally just do it okay so in in like ready player one in case yeah. anybody's unfamiliar with the concept it's it's basically a uh, a world that w- would it be safe to say has like maybe out in the real world kind of fallen to ruins a little bit is oh it yeah it's a personal? dystopian future okay okay yeah but so the the idea here is that technology is so advanced that you can wear like these haptic suits and then quite literally just go and spend all day every day uh existing inside of the oasis the oasis as yeah. it were um and it seems it seems like for many people, it's like I, I wake up, I feed my like biological body right. so that it, like I can continue to exist inside of the oasis, which is like my preferred existence. Yeah. And that gets really, really trippy real fast. It's really depressing really fast. But yeah, it's like the world has gotten so bad that everyone just escapes into the game every day to live in a much nicer place. And then because everyone's doing that, the real world just continues to get worse because... Because no nobody's one's out paying, there like repairing yeah, no one's it. actually repairing it or caring or doing anything. It's just everything. And it's like money matters more inside the game than it does in the real world because that's where everyone is then and stuff like that. So it's like power then in the game is more like power in real life. And that's basically what the book is about. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Yes, is <laughs> like by by achieving because I mean, and we've talked about this before, too, but like the, the perceived value of like a currency like yeah. a, like a like a dollar bill has value because we give it value. Yeah. So in the same way, this is almost like by being a high achieving uh, person inside of the Oasis, it's like you're well known because of that. Oh, it's I mean, it's crazy. Like in the book, if you haven't read it, I would totally recommend reading it. It's a very good read and very easy, a very good listen to. It's read by Will Wheaton, which is fun because he's also like an Easter egg inside the book. But that's not besides the point. And but like in the book, um, like Wade, the main character is able to like spend his in-game money to order like real life pizza right you know what i mean yeah it's like he can go to a pizza place inside the oasis which loads up menus from local pizza places to his actual physical location in the real world right and then he can order something there and in real life probably not even person in this case like a robot (laughs) delivers the pizza to his actual home address even though he's just playing the game and the money he spent was not real money it was in-game currency it's like cryptocurrency yeah it's like cryptocurrency has taken on and so it's it's very crazy like even like they're trying to like bribe each other with stuff and it's like with in-game credits right you know but for real world stakes do you think that sports in any way could be like a analog precursor to this very idea 
sports could be an analog precursor. Like, like, so the idea being like, it's like, oh, like you might be able to like enter the oasis, the game. And by yeah. being good inside of the game, you game, you gain real outside of the game, like clout, power, yeah, like wealth. And in a lot of ways, you know, it's like professional athletes become exactly that. They're extremely high paid oh, people. Oh, oh, oh. Like, you know, it's like they have they have taken playing a game so far that they are now like heightened, you know, in, in society. They, I are, dare they are extremely well compensated. I dare say Ready Player One takes it a step further, though. OK, because they do that. Well, one, they have sports inside. the They have like regular football inside the Oasis, okay, which is sure. weird. But that's that's besides the point. It's not that getting like the, you're right. Like even within the Oasis, someone could, be, could just be really good at accumulating credits and become well known and wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, for that, but their fame exists more inside the Oasis than it does in the real world. Oh, like sure. for being good at the game. Okay. But but the way it's taking me a step further is that that is more important. Yes. Right. Like it's like oh it's like oh what's the point if you're not even famous in real life? It's like because the world is at a state where it's more important to be famous in the game than in real life. Right. Than in real life. Well, and and again though I I, could, I feel like I could yeah circle back to the exact same conversation would be like prior to professional sports being how we know them today Mm. it very well could have been the case that and i don't know the the exact history of what the pay scale has been like in the arena of professional sports or if they've always been things that people have like heavily flocked to Mm -hmm. um you know but like i wonder if at any point in time it could have been the case where it was like well i want to go and play baseball for a living it's like but we need you in the mine you know and it's like yeah what are you doing over there playing this silly game when you have a real career over there in the mine. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, but then it, it has like quite literally progressed past, <clears throat> like, like it is now a better career option than the mine. Like it almost sure. feels comical to compare those things. It does. Yeah. Uh, um, like no one would choose to go work in a mine over being a professional major league uh, baseball player. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But like, it, it doesn't seem like always it could have been the case that by being a, professional like be even playing a sport at the top tier maybe even before there was like major league baseball the organization yeah you know it's like what what kind of pay would you have been getting at that point in time or would you just be also playing air quotes professional sport in addition to having a a career right that's like minor league sports right (laughs) yeah (laughs) like if you go see our local salem red sox i don't think those guys are i don't think that's their full-time job i don't think it's their full-time job or not all of them anyway <laughs> right that would be something to dig into this, yeah the, it, like understanding a little bit better like what is it like because that has got to be even even in like high school sports college sports like the amount of commitment of your time that goes into yeah you know being being at practice being at games like traveling to wherever to it compete has, yeah it has to feel like everything else is just kind of unimportant like or because like one one it feels like it'd be hard for like if you just had a regular office job where you like reported to a manager during the day but then were performing playing baseball in a semi-professional capacity in front of crowds two or three times a night plus practice it would just feel like your day job was so what's the point yeah or or i could see it feeling the other way around like if if you're not making as much money there feeling like well like i is it worth putting myself through so much stress and like 
physical endurance when it's not even my main job. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. Or or is that just the dream? Is you that know, the love like, of the game? Yeah, 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 exactly. Which actually is kind of interesting. Hang on one second. Uh, okay. we, we've got a note here from uh, Scott Smith who wrote into the email Okay, who was asking questions about this very thing. He was like, what does it mean to follow your dreams and how do you know what your dream even is? <sighs> And it, it's sort of interesting. I mean, I feel like people have amended this over time to kind of be like, what is your daydream? Like chase your daydream. Okay. Because I don't know. I don't know about you, but like my dream dreams, if I were to trace, uh, chase those, that would be so obscure. Like, yeah, th- there is no consistency to it for one. And they are not things I would, I would aspire. You mean like your dreams at night? My dreams at night. Okay. My, my actual sleeping dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is, a, I think this is a fair question because I myself going through school, like I think that like I was a middle school student. I knew I, I, a middle school student and I knew after middle school there was high school and I knew after high school I was going to go to college. Yeah. And you know, like after college, I just, I just sort of assumed like there would be a job and I would go and do that job. Um, but it, for me, it was never like, I, I didn't ever know, or I was never exposed to something where I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, right. I want to go and like earn education because every morsel of, of like fact I can yeah. pack into my brain is going to make how me, to do that thing. Yes. will make me better at this. And like, that is what I want is experts who I can ask questions to so I can get better at this. And this is so not the mentality that I had at any point in time going to school. Like, well, it, yeah, I, I remember that exact thought. People we were like, all right, you got to start thinking about what kind of career you want to take or what's your career path going to be. You're like, what do you want to do? Like, that's the constant question you get. Like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Right. Or whatever. Right. And it's just like, because you were like told you should have a very specific kind of dream when you're yeah. growing up. Especially, oh, I don't know. That's how it was here. Maybe sure. your experience differs. But it was like, yeah, this is, you, you need to have a goal along these lines, which is like, find a career you're interested in and go and it was like i either just was yeah same thing like i wasn't necessarily like exposed to the things i wanted or no one even like i feel like i feel like they everyone tells you that and then i also felt like everyone is extremely hesitant to make any suggestions for you at all like as to what you might as to like what you might should do or something (laughs) well and that's part of it too yeah like i've talked like a little bit about this in the past but i i just don't think that as like a 15 16 17 year old kid i really like i don't think i had enough scope to understand like where i might have been good at something but like not knowing it because if you're good at something even naturally a lot of times you don't realize that it's even hard for other people oh yeah for sure i mean that was how it was even just getting into like the kind of stuff we talk about on the channel now like you know when we started talking about Pixar or Disney or something. I, you know, part of me was just so hesitant to like, well, like everyone just knows all this stuff. Right. Like, I mean, we all watched these movies growing up. Everyone, everyone's this aware of the Easter eggs in Pixar. And you know, like th- that was my experience. It was probably most people's experience for the most part. Right. But turns out um, that was not true. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. No. And, and all of a sudden, or, or it's maybe like a combination of other things as well. Like, cause we, we host trivia on the super Carlin brothers channel very yeah. frequently where we were, you know, throwing out really tough questions to, uh, you know, anybody who wants to be able to tune into that stream and the people out there are great 
Like they are so smart. Yeah. They're so sharp. They know all of the fandoms extremely well. But like maybe this is where you're underestimating a little bit of like the other skills that that we had growing up. Or it's like, again, you know, like our dad was like this TV news anchor. So it's like, were we absorbing a lot more of what it was like to be like speaking in front of people. Yeah. Then then we realized because this is something that like we probably would have witnessed just about every weekend of our childhood was our dad like yeah emceeing an event or going and talking or you know whatever. Um yeah it just seemed like a normal part of it was like a normal part of our existence. Right. Or I remember this was sort of a weird I think like thing that maybe made this a little clearer to me once upon a time was we were at VidCon one year and we had a um we had a talent manager at the time who we we don't anymore but we were just like walking from like the conference center to like a hotel lobby to just go have like a quick meeting or something. Yep. And we got stopped like two or three times along the way from people who recognize us. And we're like, oh my God, are you the Carlin brothers? And we're like, oh yeah, we'll take a picture and you know talk to them for a second. And we did it. And after like the third time, like he just stopped us and was like how are you guys doing? Like, how are you doing this? Like, and we're like, what do you mean? And he's just like, like, I manage a lot of different people and I've been with them for a hundred of these encounters and no, like you're getting the pic, you're getting a good chat, a good interaction, a picture, and you're like sending them on the, on their way in like under a minute. And like, no, like everyone else gets stuck. Oh, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you remember that? I exchange? do remember. Yeah. I do remember this exchange now. I, at first I was like, hold on, why are we going with this? Um, but yeah, I, I do remember that. And, and it is, yeah, it's like, it's, it's so, it's so difficult because a lot of times you don't know the things that you're good at. And this is what I'm saying, because like, yeah. because you're, because you're good at them, because you don't struggle with them. But then it's also the not knowing, like nobody has pointed it out to you enough to where you are like, Hey, like you, this thing that you can do, like, this is remarkable. People can't do this. Yeah. You know, it's like you, like, this is a great thing if you want to, to chase. Yeah. And I think that, you know, growing up, this was, this was something that like, you know, you would go and sit down with your guidance counselor, um, before you would, I think in, in 11th grade, uh, junior year and you would sit down with them and they'd be like, where do you want to go to college and, and what do you want to do? And it's like, I like, is there any way for you to tell me? Like, is there any way, like, this is only the second time I've ever talked to you. Like this, I've right. never even been like, in this office right. before. How am I supposed to know? Right. It's like, if you're supposed to be, it, and I know that this is putting too much pressure on this person who obviously oversees many, many hundreds of students. Like that's, that's not what I'm saying. It's not like a, it's not like a, um, like a frustration with how this person did their job. Like it's just, what would have been really great for me is someone who could stand back, watch me go through these stages and be like, hey, like you, you might not know this, but you're really good at this thing. And that might be something that skill would fit very nicely with this career, which you might not know, yeah. you know, and if, and if we can take this thing that you can do and apply it in a really productive way, then you might be able to achieve a lot more than you realize because you don't realize that one of your greatest skills is, is, is a skill at all, is a skill at all. Right. And, and I think, yeah, like this is, I, I've had people talk to me or, or even Ethan, the editor who, you know, um, edits the pop, you know, he was in high school, I think three or four years behind me. Yeah. And I've talked to him before about like me in high school and his perception of me is like eons away from what my perception of myself is or was. Right. You know, and it's like, dude, if I had half of the confidence in high school that you thought that I did, I feel like I would have been unstoppable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, it makes me like, 
I am so flattered that that you're saying these things. And I'm, and I'm so happy to know that, the, that this is maybe the way that I was perceived. But I can also tell you, I genuinely did not know. Right. You know? Yeah, um, you're like, this is news to me. Right. Like, I wish I wish I'd known. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. Like, how much more would you have thought you could you could tackle if that was the case? Uh, and, and then on that same, same token though, is, is walking that fine line between again, arrogance, cockiness and confidence. Mm -hmm. And how do you like blend the, those pieces of the puzzle together so that you can, you can feel self-assured and ready to take on the world without over-assuming your own abilities. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's probably what many of us do out there in the world is under-assume our own abilities. I definitely think that is what many people do or if you're not living that uh lifestyle let me know how you are not living that lifestyle because <laughs> i definitely think uh i know that's my experience as well that i think i underassume yeah. my own abilities popcorn culture is sponsored by shopify Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Popcorn Culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting you know to me it was just like a rare charizard is a rare charizard like it doesn't doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded it can add huge value and then not only that but once they're graded they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab and that's where arena club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack but it's for a pre-graded card now i know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see but you can also request them to be sent to you at any time so they have got a ton of pre-graded 
cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do but whether you're buying selling trading or displaying arena club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out and right now you can get 10 percent off your first purchase by going to arena club.com slash pop pop which wow that is a crazy offer 10 percent off a 400 slab pack that's like 40 dollars right there anyway that's arena club.com slash pop pop for 10 percent off your first purchase Well, so yeah, we might be able to do a nice transition here. But so the other question too is like, should you be more forward with people about like, hmm. I'm glad you're making this transition because I was thinking the same thing. You, We were talking last week about a character that exudes confidence, but not arrogance. And Ben, there's a brand new TV show back on the not brand new. It's back for season two. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. The man, the myth, the legend. Amazing. Amazing. If you haven't watched Ted Lasso, please go watch season one and the first two episodes of season two, which well, probably see three, three episodes as of recording Only the first two episodes of season two are out. But Ben and I freaking love this show. It's, I, I, I mean, <clears throat> I do not think it's a leap to say that it literally changed my life. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I it's like the landscape of popular TV out there right now. It's very gloomy. It's yeah. very pessimistic. And it's just this like shining bright spot of like, oh my God, is this a show about like positivity and hope and like just believing? Yeah, yeah. Believe, believe. It's in the bleachers. It is in the bleachers. And above the door. Um, so the the really interesting evolution of of this character of Ted Lasso, and it seems like as we're entering into season two, and I, I don't think that this is like overly spoilery, but if if you are deeply concerned, then maybe real mild spoilers for Ted Lasso uh, season two, episodes one and two um, is I think that like what season one is a lot about this character who just exudes positivity. Yeah. And I think that like when a lot of people meet somebody like this, they're largely taken aback by it. They think that a trick is being played on them. They think that like there is some type of underlying motivation or intention. Right. And I, I think that like what, so it, it's almost odd how abrasive Ted's positivity seems to be to many of these people right at first they're because, like because they assume the worst like this is all yeah you're right like there's an a uh, there's an agenda behind it yes yes yeah it's like why are you being so chipper what are you trying to sell me you know and it's right. like nothing you know i'm just great to see you today i'm so yeah. i'm so glad you're here that's that's what's like the hard pill to swallow at first i think yeah is that like it's it, and that's the i think that's almost the main like the commentary is that it is so sad that you can't meet someone like that and not just be like what a great person like you know it's like this person is only trying to bring out the best in others like that's his you know that's like his goal i mean as a coach that's what he's trying to do for his players but it's also what he's trying to do with just everyone in his life yes just everyone he meets he just wants to have like a good connection with and to try and like bring out the best in them and it's like it's so hard to believe that could be what anyone wants right right like, it's so refreshing when you like realize it's possible right it's and and so it's it's really quick and easy, I think, with it to be like, oh, it's a show about like the power of positive thinking and, and that type of thing, which I don't even really I think it's more the power of a positive attitude mm. and the impact of so many of these like incredibly pleasant touches that happen 
throughout his day and then how those pleasant touches might permeate to all of the other people. You know, like if, if you're just super friendly to the person at the bakery in the morning, the person who serves you your coffee and, and like you give them like that positive moment, like what if they then give it to the next customer? Yeah. Because they were like, it's a good, like that guy was so nice. Yeah. You know, like, and yeah. then, and and then it, it carries. And you can see that at least at the start of season two, um, which picks up like mid midway through the whatever soccer season they're on, it's not real. The soccer, the fo- the the soccer itself is not really <laughs> super important to the plot. It's right, sort yeah. of what moves it forward week to week. But like, eh, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, but you can see that Ted's influence over the the staff at the stadium and the players on the team has been tremendous from where it was in season one, where like everyone's just sort of like open to like hearing uh, from other people. They're all very like empathic listeners. They always like try to understand where people are coming from and like a very like, and they, they, they write it in a very natural way. Yeah. I feel like it, but it comes across really well. Like everyone's really concerned about the other people simply for their own, like, hoping the other person's living like their best life yes there is a weird um contrast not contrast there's they introduce i I can't tell if this is going to be like more what the season is about or something it seemed like the whole first season was sort of like a little bit about uh, i don't like forgiveness maybe which we've talked about before yep um but so you have uh in the first episode alone i think three different examples of characters being extremely blunt with each other like one character uh who's like an ex you know member of the team now um he's sort of just known for being you know like a rude cuss or whatever yeah and doing a lot of cussing his little niece or whatever is keeping track it's like in the thousands or something Um, right so like every every time he says like a cuss word in front of his his niece she writes down like a, a like a thing in her ledger and, and he owes her like twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, like a dollar per cuss or something. Yes. So yes. it's very it's very funny. But he's like a very rude person and he like is just like, you know, very very rude and straightforward to, you know, another character on the show about like who she's dating. Yep. And just like tells her how it is. And it's like that was extremely blunt, maybe a little too far, but it's effective. And she like listens to him and like makes her, you know, makes a decision based on that advice. Well, and yeah, yeah, so I love that. So the, the particular example, so we're dealing with a character who is incredibly blunt. Like this is the way that he communicates with things. And yeah. he's not like, I mean, he's not going to be subtle <coughs> about anything. It's going to yeah. be very loud, very direct, whatever. Um, and it's interesting because he goes on a double date with one of the other characters. And like at the end of it, she's like, well, what did you think of the guy? Like, and he's like, he's fine. Like, but you are better than fine. Like this, why are you dating this guy? Like you can do better than this, you know? And he's, it's, it's so out loud and it's, I mean, how many moments have there been in your life where one of your friends introduced that like a significant other or something and and you're just like, no, like, but, but at the end of the night, what do you say? They were great. great. I'm so glad. I'm so happy for you guys. I I really think it's going to work out. And it's like, what? what is better you know it's like yeah it, it's like would it be better at the end of that night to be like honestly i i like like I just, there's nothing I just, wrong with them right right, right. I, I just don't see the chemistry you yeah. know or or like i just don't see the, like the like the lifestyle like meeting up because because there is the want to be supportive but i think the underlying belief for so many people is that being supportive is telling the person what they want to hear right versus telling the person what they need to hear oh that i think you're right that i think is going to be the message what you want to hear versus what you need to hear but uh yeah there's a mm, there is a there's another character who's like from he's like new on the team but he's from another country i forget where they say he's from but he's just like very direct with the other players and they're like oh no 
he's not being rude. He's just being from his country. Right. Yeah. And then they also bring in a therapist who seems like they're going to be like a big uh, character this season. Um, and her way of dealing with things is also very direct. And, uh, you know, they have a character who's going through uh, the yips, as it were. Yeah. And yeah. they're all like very afraid. They're very superstitious about it. They're like dancing around it. They're specifically not addressing it directly. Yes. And she comes in. And she's like, there's no reason to avoid this topic. It's a very real issue that professional athletes deal with. Let me sit down with this guy. Right. And you're like, wow, that was direct. And like, if you know about like the yips or whatever, it's like a very superstitious thing in sports. But or I guess I guess maybe it's not. Maybe it's a real thing. Or it it is a real thing. It, Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> psychologically, it is a real thing. And but basically, a lot of people probably attribute it to superstition, right? Or, or like a sense of overconfidence, or like you you messed up like one I, thing and then you just can't get it back. I think the superstition is, is that if you mention it, it will come true. Sure. Yeah. Yes. But so anyway. Yeah, like um, Ted tries to work on this player's attitude or tries to help him overcome the yips by, you know, being positive and giving him a couple quippy one liners like he approaches everything and it doesn't really work. And then the guy sits down and has actual, you know, therapy with the the um, with the the therapist therapist and walks out. He's like amazing. He's great and better. And it's this weird contrast because Ted has clearly has clearly been an enormous positive impact on the staff here and yet there's this like new way of thinking or this other way of communicating that is pervasive like making its way into the show that is in direct contrast with how ted approaches things because ted speaks almost exclusively like in metaphors and be by examples yes and like i almost noticed it like they almost did it like to a fault in the first episode i was like man they're almost like forcing it but then by the end of the episode I was like that's sort of the point i see what they're doing right but, yeah. right right yes and and i think that like that yeah what what ted tends to do is is take a potentially stressful situation something that could have been traumatic to a, like a player or a coworker whatever the case may be and he's going to try to give you like a like almost like an adorable relatable example yeah. of this thing like the metaphor and almost always it's like okay like I just I was able to just make the 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 problem like solvable sized. Yeah. And because of that, like I can now move on. Uh, and so now I think what we're seeing is is a couple of different things with this show, which I think is I think it's very, very interesting. And again, like in terms of how, like I said, Ted Lasso, I think kind of changed my life in a way. And I think it's because for me, my whole life, like even in high school and stuff, I would walk down the halls and I mean, I would give a high five to every single person I passed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it would be like and it, I, I feel like so there are, are these like stereotypical scenes from like, I don't know, high school movies where you've got like that person who's like, hey, hey, see you in math, like, but like I literally did that. You yeah. know, I mean, it was just like it, it was just every single person I saw. I was like, how are you today, man? Great to see you. Anything new? You know, like, yeah. Um, and similarly here, you know, I think at the office, it's like, you know, like I wake up, I, I walk into the office in the morning. The first thing is it's always like, you know, like, good morning, like. Yeah. Like, how was everybody? How was everyone? What did you do last night? Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, like, but you've got, like, all this positivity that's that's going out there. But I feel like maybe what we're seeing with this character is that, like, while he's able to project a lot of this positivity out there, it's almost like it's his coping mechanism. Right. You know, like, so he, what he's doing is he's using this, like, extremely exuberant positivity to not not address things directly. That are serious. That are serious. Yeah. But, it's odd because it's almost like he's he's had a positive impact very visibly on every single person around him. Right. But it it almost feels like he himself is like kind of struggling because of it. it well, uh, yeah. And that does a little bit come to a head in the first season. Yeah. Where it's like 
clearly he's like projecting all this positivity out, but then he's also got some like internal demons like with his divorce and stuff. And that's really affecting him in a very negative way. Right. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it manifests in the second season. But I am very curious. I think the second season is off to an amazing start already. No sophomore slump, just crushing it. Um, Definitely check out Ted Lasso if you haven't yet. Perfect. Transition. We're on to a new topic. What? Because we're not very good at always seamlessly segueing. Sometimes we're great at it. Sometimes. Other times we're less good at it. Yeah. So this was a this. So I spent the past weekend. I I drove to and from D.C. Uh, in in back to back days, basically. So I, I spent, you know, like eight, nine hours. Oh, yeah. Driving, I've been there. Driving. I drive to and from D.C. All right. Yeah. Oosh, it's no a, fun. It's a it's a it's just a little bit further than you want it to be. It is. Yeah. Beth used to live in D.C. for like a year and I would have to get off work on Friday at five drive the five four and a half hours to dc get there like 9 30 or 10 it's basically time to go to sleep yep yep then sunday stay there as long as possible because like i'm gonna make the most out of this trip i'm only here for a long short time then you leave at like two or three o'clock on sunday get home time to go to sleep and then you're back at work you're back at work yeah it's 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 a long drive it's 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 uh it's it's kind of like going to like disney on vacation you know it's like you're you're so excited for like time away from like work and get to go and do fun stuff for for several days yeah and then you get home from disney and you realize that you walked like twenty two thousand steps a day and you're just flat out exhausted exactly it's like but you know what you're gonna have to do that drive again so soon you're there for such a short amount of time you better cram it in exactly 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 so what'd you do so okay the, the, for me, like I, uh, I, I spend a lot of time when I'm on the road, just thinking, mm. you know, you, are you, okay. <laughs> Do you like, like you're just sitting there like in complete silence, like no radio on no music. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, what, yeah, again, um, on my, my frequent visits to Beth at our, what felt like never ending long distance relationship that was college. And shortly after there were, uh, many a drive where I would, I would be driving to see her and she would actually, she, every year she would buy me a new, like Harry Potty, Harry Potty, Harry Potty, <laughs> Harry Potty. Wow. Wow. Hashtag Harry Potty, Harry Potty, but no one wants a Harry Potty. I'll tell you. Oh yeah. Uh, no, not yeah, at all. Not, not at all. Not one bit. No, you do not. Uh, Harry Potter books on CD and solely for the purpose of giving me something to listen to whilst I drove to and from, uh, JMU. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of an unfair advantage given what we do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like it just set the stage, you know? Who knew? Who knew what what a role it would play? And I felt somehow I feel like you knew. I don't think I knew. I just uh I just liked I always liked Harry Potter and it was like a great excuse to just veg out and listen to it. But sometimes I would listen to Harry Potter, a lot of times I would listen to like stand-up comedians. I had so many CDs of just stand-up comedians. Yeah. Which are a weird thing to have. I feel like it's it's a weird thing for CDs cuz it's the same routine over and over obviously. It's, it's true, <laughs> like yeah. you just start to expect it. Um, um, but anyway, I listen to a lot of comedians that way. And then sometimes very rarely would I listen to just music the whole way. Okay. Um, but there was, there was the occasional drive where I would just make, I would just get in the car and I would sit in silence and just think the whole time. And wait, so this, this was, this was a unique thing for you to do. Not entirely. I mean, sometimes I'm just saying I had, there were different times. There were different things I did. And sometimes it would be, and I get there and Beth would be like, what'd you listen to? I was like, nothing. My my thoughts. (laughs) My thoughts. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, so that's, that's me. So like usually when, when I'm on the road, um, it's, I, 
If I if I was by myself, I probably would listen to like an audiobook or something like that. But usually the issue is that I find myself that I'm like halfway through a book and Alice hasn't read the book. And so it's like, you know, I can't really like turn it on while she's in the car because she's mm. like, I want to listen to it, whatever. So uh, basically just like, you know, cruising along for hours on end, like just just thinking to myself. And this usually means that I, I have like many, many thought spirals and, you know, I go yeah. down like big long lines. And then usually I feel like I need to like decompress when I get there because I'm like, I need, I need to like ask somebody, was this like a groundbreaking <clears throat> thought or was this not? Um, so my, my question, am I the person you're asking now? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> All right. So, um, th this is, this is me asking a question. This, this is not me asserting just for, for the FY isles. Okay. Um, but we we talked for a good long stretch here on the pop about the idea of forgiveness and like the importance of it, the complexities of getting there, uh, what it can feel like, all, all of that type of stuff, like why you might want to do it. And so on the flip end of that today or yesterday, I was thinking about the idea of blame and okay. whether or not there is like too much of it like in our world, mm. um, specifically because I feel like 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 we were talking about like with therapy and stuff like that, there's there's Typically, like a lot of things that that anybody who has gone through a stretch of life hard stop probably could could go and unpack in some capacity. Mm -hmm. You know, there there are probably ways in which you might react to having a certain amount of you know security taken away or control taken away or or whatever. Yeah, that is is probably a little more deep seated and in an area where you felt like you didn't have control. Yeah. Um. But so. I was thinking about this idea of blame and I was thinking about the five stages of grief. And so the, the first stage of grief is usually denial. And then the second stage is anger. And so I guess kind of like my general query, my, my like thought bomb as it were mm. was like, does the idea of, of like seeking blame almost feed the anger stage of the five stages of grief? So it's, it's almost like, so something bad happens and as you are like processing it, as you are going through it, uh, there is the need for blame to be assigned, whether that might be like by way of like lawsuit, social lawsuit, like who, who who's coming out where at the end of this and why, mm -hmm. like what is there, <clears throat> is there like punishment? Is there vindication? Is, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and with that, it almost feels like the longer that anybody does need to live inside of that space. And, and again, especially if there's like a lawsuit involved or something like that can take a very long period of time, which might mean that you are literally like unable to continue to progress from the anger stage right. and, and try to reach that like acceptance mm -hmm. with what may have happened. Um, and so the, the sort of like outward spiral version of this i guess if if you will is almost like by way of being stuck in the blame process of a lot of situations like like who was to blame or like maybe even the idea of like unfinished business like where something negative happened in high school like we've talked about like people yeah. from like years ago and it's almost like if you ran into them it's like the first thing on your mind is something that happened 12 years ago right and it's like i never got to let that go because there was no like nothing ever really like came of it. Right. Um, and how much does does that then inner turmoil affect so many other things? Like, do you see what I mean? Like, it feels like a compound very quickly. I can. Yeah, I, I think I do see what you mean. Um, let's see. There was a lot of things there. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. OK, so let, my, me, let me start with a question. OK. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So just just uh, this to, to make it a little more simple. Do you think the that blame 
can feed anger. I, I think that anger makes you blame. Okay. Yeah. So I think, I think blaming someone is like you, like if you can, if you can just like, because when, well, as, let's see, where are we talking about? The five stages of grief, right? Yes. So I think one caveat with the five stages of grief is that it's always presented in like a very like denial, anger, bargaining, uh, acceptance. Dep- yeah, depression, acceptance. Like it's presented in this like linear format. Um, and this, th- this might be like the most, the most common order for things to happen in, but it's not necessarily always directly in that order true and it's not necessarily always specifically linear whereas like once you complete one stage great you've made it to the next stage congratulations you're past anger there is plenty of room to go back and forth and up and down and left and right and give right back to denial and then straight to anger and then to be depressed about it and then be like maybe it wasn't that bad and then you know like you can go all over the place in it sure so i think there's that but i think i think the act of like needing to blame someone um is fueled by anger because it feels like if you can like put this if you if it because assigning blame makes it someone else's fault and then if you can like punish that person then it feels like you can get closure on the situation right right Yes, but but I again I I think that and I think that that's the perception in yeah. a lot of ways. It's like if someone could just be blamed and something can come from this, mm, yeah, yeah. then then like then I can move on. Right. Okay. That's yeah. Okay. So that's 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 your line of thought here. That we might correct. Yeah, sure. And is there too much of that? Is is there too much of that? Like, is there too much of an emphasis on on the idea of this external blame versus the internal acceptance? Yeah, I I think so. I would bet that very often, even if you successfully, even if you blame someone and even if that person is punished and even if it's in a way that you find satisfying that you are still probably pretty hurt. Like it's not necessarily that they did it. It's what was done is more the thing. And it's not like that person maybe doesn't deserve some sort of consequence or something. But and it's I think it's totally natural to like want to blame someone but the greater issue is like what the actual harm was. Sure. You know, I think is is probably what it is. And I think um ugh, I do I can never remember the exact wording on this, but it's something along the lines of like a like a wise man can like like seize trouble and or let's hold on. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna find it real quick. No worries. Pause. It feels like it will have more impact this way. All right, here's my quotes. Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. That's one. The next one is, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Um, yeah, those are my two. Those are my big ones. Okay. But um, those are from the Bible is why well. I screenshotted those specifically. Um, they were talking about them in church one day. I was like, mm, this is exactly a thing. I feel like. He's really speaking to me right now. I wish I could tell you the verses. I'm pretty sure they're um, Proverbs, if that helps at all. You can just look them up later. There you um, go. That doesn't have to make it mean more or less to you, but those are, I think it's I think it's true nonetheless, no matter what context you take it in. Sure. Um, that good sense makes one slow to anger and that it is uh, in his glory to overlook an offense. It is just, which the main takeaway there is just like, whatever the offense was, you can decide to get hung up on that and try and blame someone for it, but it is much wiser to just try and like overlook it and like <coughs> yes. focus elsewhere. So let me let me you ask this I mean? question because it might be it might be a little more it might be relatable at the very least. Is there an example or could this be an example of a situation where you could be you could be seeing somebody in like a romantic sense and that person could cheat on you mm-hmm. and really 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 strong like 
mental health would suggest that the that there doesn't need to be like a myriad of emotional reactions because the the underlying like logic that you could like apply to this situation would be like well if this is the type of person who who would cheat on me then they're not the person they're not the kind of person like i want to be with right whereas the typical i think emotional reaction in a lot of ways comes from this this feeling of i'm not enough like like you know, right. in order to have made this person happy enough to not do this right there's there's like a certain sense of rejection associated with it but like if you if you could be mentally healthy enough then it seems like even if you were you were like very romantically interested in this person it seems like you could be able to see the logic involved and i i know that this is like emotions and love and that makes things yeah. like very difficult yeah. all's fair in love and war right? I'm, yeah. I'm fairly certain somebody just typed love is fickle yeah. Uh, somewhere, somewhere in the chat or, or just said it out loud, uh, in their cars or as they're driving about. Um, but I, I think it's, I think that as I had gone through like relationships and, and things like that, I used to very, very, very much struggle with like this, this thought, this problem, like mm -hmm. it, it felt like it happened to me like a fair handful of times. Right. And like, despite being cheated upon, it didn't make you not want to be with the person. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and, and because it's almost like the, the best thing that could possibly solve the situation is, is them coming back. Right. Like all, it, yeah, it's like a class. I think, I think that's the case of like most of your self-worth comes from this person liking you. Yeah. And if this person cheat on, cheated on you, you are willing to overlook it because the alternative is that you have no self-worth. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think that's very well said. Yeah. I think that's very well said. Um, it's a, yeah, I think, um, it's like, a um, what is it? It's like a, like a negative one is still i don't i forget exactly mm, what am i trying to say here like a one is better than a zero or something like uh, that's not exactly right it feels like a negative one is better than nothing like having holding something negative is better than holding nothing but like that's not true oh right 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 yeah. yes 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 like a negative thing is better than nothing yeah i understand okay um and and but so yeah like to, to go back to my my point it's almost like if if mentally emotionally stable then can that almost like prevent you from the need to then assign the blame like uh, uh like okay well like because if you because if you're not angry then you don't need to try to take the anger out of yourself and place it upon someone else you know like you don't need to like like when you say okay when you say blame in this situation are you saying like like i I blame like I blame you for what for for making me feel negative. Okay. For hurting me. Yeah. For damaging this relationship. Right. Like the like you're saying like the enlightened person would just recognize that this happened. I yes. So the the question would would basically be if you want to use enlightened person as <laughs> as the as the version of this the enlightened person would would be able to recognize that someone who would be willing to cheat on you is not someone who you want to date. Right. And therefore it's like it, it's almost like oh okay. Well, that settles that. Like, we are not supposed to be together because I don't want to be with someone who would cheat on me. Right. Uh, and, and being able to just walk away from that. Right. And I mean, I think that it would take a huge measure of self-worth for that to be the case. Right. Um, but I think for, for many people, it may be the case that like, 
there, there could be deal breakers, you know, things that you don't want in a partner in life or whatever. But I would say that probably one that many of us would agree upon is uh, not someone who will cheat on you. Like, yeah. Like, like, hi, like if you put it in your dating profile, like I cheat constantly. It's like, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a <coughs> deal breaker. You know, like yeah. you would never date the person beforehand if you knew that. Right. Like if it was, if it was just public information, mm -hmm. but so then if it becomes public information, if you come to learn this information that this person is now someone who cheats, it's almost like, oh, Okay. Well, that's a deal breaker. Well, if they cheat on you. Is that not what I just said? Oh, no, well, the, sorry. The way I heard it was that if you started dating someone and found out that they cheat a lot. That uh, oh, 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 I'm sorry. No, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. What, I, what I was saying was, was before you ever were to date somebody again, yeah. like if you were like on your, on their dating profile and it came up and you know, like the top thing about them is I cheat on people. It would be before you would ever even date them. You'd be like, no, no. Like that, like this quality deal breaker. I'm yeah. not interested in that <laughs> at all. But so then how come it's also not true if you were to discover it like after the fact oh, is, right. is what I'm saying. So it's, it's almost like, oh, you're someone who cheats on people. In that case, it's a deal breaker anyway. Like I'm, I'm not interested in being with someone who cheats on people. Right. Like, so it, the, the real thing, the obvious difference here is the emotional attachment that certainly would have come yeah. from the betrayal involved, Yeah, you know, could be significant. Well, it's such a weird question because at the same time, if you are like so unemotionally attached to the point where it's like, oh, well, I guess this just happened. Never mind. Like, like maybe I understand why they cheated on you. Oh. <laughs> like you get, maybe not like that. Not that it justifies it, but maybe, you know, like, do you see what I mean? I do see like, what you mean. like if you're so detached from everything anyway, maybe you weren't very fun to be with, or maybe you weren't offering a lot in return in other ways. Not that, not that that makes it okay to cheat. Like you still just like officially end something before you go. It's like someone's, yeah, you know, right, right, yeah. you guys get <laughs> it. Quality clarification. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, th this would, this would just be the question that I would throw out there is, is basically, and, and my thinking would be that if we can reduce the amount of blame that we put on the world, so it's almost like something negative happened. I need someone else. I need it to be someone else's fault. Um, and, and, in many cases, it very well could have been somebody else's fault. Yeah. Like direct neglect could have been the reason that this happened. Well, but honestly, the more you're saying that now, I'm not even sure this is a part of anger. If it's not more of a part of denial. Then, Interesting. Okay. You know, give me that. that like, yeah. Like, so to the point where it's like, the main thing is that this wasn't my fault. Like the main thing oh, is that I'm not to blame. Sure. Which is like, that could be denial. Like, well, I didn't do anything. This is not, you know whose fault this wasn't? Mine. Right, right, right. Well, and, and again, you know, I think that there's there's probably a lot to be said uh, for that as well, like something negative happening and and like recognizing how negative it is and then also not wanting to have directly contributed to the negative thing happening. Right. You know, so it's like um, and, and there's probably a lot of that because the more that it can be someone else's fault, the less that you might put it on yourself. Not that at any point in time it is your fault, but your your brain sometimes can do its own things back at you. Yeah. You know, like where, where it might try to convince you that something that wasn't your fault was in fact your fault. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, and, and at that oh, rate, you're right. You can go back to the cheating thing. This was my fault. You yes. cheat on me. That's my fault. It's right. like, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, and so I guess what it comes down to though is like, are, are we taught to do this type of thing? Like this, this is the question. Like, is this something that's almost like become, become such the norm 
that when something happens, it's almost like we need to figure out who's, whose fault it was instead of, instead of focusing on like, okay, like let, let's say my, my, my car was parked outside of my house and somebody ran into it. And instead of being upset with the person who ran into my, my new car, I am able to just be like, you know what? Like they had their own problems, you know, like this was, this was their irresponsibility. Like this is, this is something I know they're going to have to deal with. They're going to have their own struggles instead of being upset with them. Let me start focusing on how to fix this, you know, like, like the, yeah. em- the emphasis isn't on whose fault it was. The emphasis is on finding resolution to it. Right. Um, I think I think that's definitely the healthier approach to most things. I do think there's probably a certain amount of like um, I think I think probably what happens is blame is incentivized in many ways in like our culture where like someone hits your car. And it's super obviously their fault and they were texting and you have them on camera or something, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's like, you're right. Maybe like it's, it's obviously their fault, right? They are to blame. Like it is their fault. This happened that not, not because you blame them just because that's true. Right. You know? And it's like, it, does that mean you need to file a crazy lawsuit against them and like score big? No, it doesn't mean you need to do that, but could you successfully do it? Probably. And would that benefit you in a very high financial way? Probably. (laughs) You know? Right. right. And if that's the case, uh, why wouldn't you? Right. So the why wouldn't you is the answer. Okay. Right. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. Um, have we lost the, have we lost the thread? My, 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 <laughs> or yeah. are you just spinning now? <laughs> I, I think my brain is like, it's like, I, I have like so many different, yeah, like little movements going on up there. Mm. It's like, I wish you guys could see all the wheels. <laughs> many of them. Are turning. Right, I can, I can, I can hear them. Yeah. Okay. Let me think here. Yes. Okay. So the thing I keep coming back to though, is that if there is less of that all the time and always, it's almost like going back to like the Ted Lasso thing and like having that like positive interaction with somebody and how contagious that positive interaction can be. Yeah. And if we lessen the importance of the idea of blame in general and focus a lot more on how to come to terms with some type of, um, uh, despair, you know, like something negative that has happened to you and putting more energy into how you're processing the actual impact of, of whatever happened as a result versus trying to take all of the negativity and, and try to make sure like, and see how much of it you can just take and place it on somebody else Mm -hmm. because it was in fact their fault. Right. Um, so, and, and I guess the idea being like, it's like, could you, could you make all things better in sort of like an outward spiral because, because there was less blame here means that like as time goes on and other things happen in more situations that there's like all around less blame in a greater sense of community. Yes. Yes. I think so. Okay. I think it's probably better to not burden more people with negativity. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well said. Well said. There you go. Why don't we end with a corny joke? Oh, yeah. We'll just bring, get back to nice, nice and light. Nice and light. Because <laughs> I want everybody who's listening to go on and have a, a, a happy jolly day. Have a good chortle here at the end. <laughs> a, good, a good chortle, a safe weekend, mm. a, a, a moment to, to think to yourself yeah. about like a really a really interesting deep seated thought that you've have that you want to submit to a certain popcorn culture podcast yeah. because the host likes to talk about these things. Yeah. So it's like, hmm, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go take that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So corny joke, here we go. This one is going to come from Desiree Diaz who says, what do you call a shark with no teeth? Um, like what do you call a shark? With no teeth, just like gums. <laughs> Close. Oh, <laughs> jaws. Oh, oh. oh. Uh, do you get it? 
with no because te- then you're just jaws because then you're just jaws then you're just jaws no yeah. teeth yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> but, but like a shark is also there's a very famous shark called jaws yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you may have heard of it before i've heard of him yeah it's one yeah. of my favorite movies i'm aware yeah, yeah. very good movie <laughs> that's why i picked this particular no. joke i was like i know jay likes jaws this will be very fitting plus sure. it's summer yeah it could be shark week who's to say who is to say really yeah the discovery yeah. channel but yeah, yeah. They, they, they are the they are the authorities mm-hmm. on it. There you go. All right, guys. But otherwise, um, I think that's all we have for for this week's episode of the pop. I think so. Just a reminder that this is the last week. The video portion of the pop will be on the Super Carlin Brothers main channel. Yes. Next week, it will be on the Popcorn Culture YouTube channel, youtube.com slash a popcast. There you go. And if you would like to support us on Patreon, we have lots of cool perks where Jay and I record lots of additional content. Uh, uh, you can check that out at patreon.com slash popcorn culture. Otherwise, you can submit any feedback you may have to me by email by emailing popcornculturepod at gmail.com. Otherwise, until next week, pop pop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.